Yonder, Chapter 11, Fired Up. Jim Bob automatically slid into the back seat of the sheriff's car and buckled his seat. It smelled fresh as daisies, unusual for a sheriff's car back seat. You look comfortable back there, Jim Bob, Briggs quipped and then added, There's an Arnold on the seat from the diner. Dig in while I catch you up. Jim Bob felt around on the seat without taking his eyes off of the rearview mirror in Sheriff Stratton's eyes. Hearing the crinkle of a paper bag, he slid his hand inside and extracted the ice-cold Coca-Cola and two bags of Tom's peanuts. An Arnold was a quick lunch for mill workers. The workers would usually pour the peanuts in the Coca-Cola and have a transportable snack. Tubbs cleared his throat and intervened in the silence. Catch us up, Briggs, while JB gets them in the bottle. Briggs started haltingly. Jim Bob, there's been a fire at your house. Nobody harmed, but the fire department's still there, putting out the flames and finishing up. Looks like an electrical fire from the meter. Toes began texting on his phone and then leaned over and whispered to Briggs, who turned off the siren and lights and made a hasty right turn. As Briggs straightened the car from the turn, the rain stopped and patches of sunlight began to appear on the ground. In a matter of minutes, the fall sun was drawing plumes of steam from the wet pavement. Jim Bob sat in silence, contemplating the situation. They were no longer on the road to his home and family. Briggs had slowed to the speed limit, and they were headed out into the countryside that surrounded yonder. Can somebody throw me a bone here? Jim Bob asked softly. Mary Alice and the girls, plus Freddie, will be joining us shortly. Everyone made it out of the house, and nobody's injured. Tubbs bowed his head and began to pray aloud. Lord, you never cease to surprise and amaze me how you work in our lives. My timing ain't important. You are always on time. Thank you for protecting the Owens family and keeping them safe. Thank you for allowing me to be part of your plan. Amen. Tubbs cleared his throat and turned to face Briggs. Main house is fine. He then turned to Jim Bob. I need you to trust me for 24 hours and then I will listen to your questions. Right now your family needs you more than you need to have your questions answered. Agreed? Jim Bob shook his head slowly, yes, and bowed his head to pray. As he finished his prayer, he glanced out the window and caught sight of a Tudor-style house coming up on the right. Briggs turned onto the road beside the house and proceeded to a large black iron gate that must have been 10 to 12 feet high. Sharp spikes punctuated the tops of the gates. The car stopped by a keypad, and Briggs punched in a number signaling the gate to open. It was then that Jim Bob noticed that the road ahead stretched off into dense hardwoods on both sides of the road. The canopies of the giant oak trees lining the road interlaced and blocked out most of the sunlight. Speckles of sunlight danced on the pavement as they drove along the road. Soon the road began to twist and turn for a couple of miles before breaking out of the trees into an antebellum home from Gone with the Wind Error. Briggs followed the red gravel driveway that circled around to the front door and stopped. Jim Bob heard gravel crunch behind them as another car came to a stop. Tubbs opened the rear door and Jim Bob sprang from the car and raced toward his family. It was a great, big Owens family circle hug that lasted several minutes. You could almost hear the tension drain away as they slowly took a few steps back to gaze around at the house before them. As God is my witness, as God is my witness, they're not going to lick me. I'm going to live through this and when it's all over... I'll never be hungry again, no, nor any of my folk. If I have to lie, steal, cheat, or kill, as God is my witness, I'll never be hungry again. Freddie finished and shuffled his feet. Okay, Scarlet, let's step inside and we'll introduce your new home. Well, your home as long as you need it.
With a flourish, Tubbs strode toward the front doors, followed closely by Jim Bob and his family. The front porch was two stories as was the house. The facade was punctuated by six white columns that supported a balcony on the second floor that stretched the width of the house. They approached two massive black doors that were way taller than even Tubbs. Each door was festooned with a brass lion's head holding a brass loop in its mouth. It was easy to imagine a snarl on their lips. Mary Alice turned to look Freddie in the eye and pointed her right index finger at him. Don't you dare quote young Frankenstein. Tubbs smiled at Mary Alice's stern warning. Go ahead, Freddie, if your mom will let you. We could all use a laugh. Nice knockers, Freddie exclaimed with a smile checking out the lion's head brass door knockers. Tubbs unlocked the right door and invited them all into the antebellum mansion lobby. Twenty feet from the front door was an eight-feet-wide staircase that ascended for twenty feet and then split into two smaller staircases for access to the second floor. A large chandelier, which appeared to be crystal, hung over the entryway. The entire Owens family was staring at the chandelier in awe when Tubbs coughed to get their attention. Standing with Tubbs was a gentleman whose age filled the gap between Tubbs and Jim Bob. He was dressed in a plaid shirt, jeans, and penny loafers. Very casual. Thomas, this is the Owens family. They will need room since their house has been badly damaged by fire. They will also probably need some clothes while what they are wearing is washed to rid them of smoke. At this, Tubbs turned to Jim Bob but addressed the entire family. If you will follow Thomas, he will get you settled and provide some lunch. Jim Bob, follow me, please. Mary Alice, he'll join you in a few minutes. Tubbs led Jim Bob into a wood-paneled study with book-lined walls and a deep pile carpet. The windows were almost floor-to-ceiling, providing fabulous views of the oaks and pecans just outside the window. There was a large, dark wood desk with its back to one window, and the other window had two chairs facing into its light, with a lamp and side table between the chairs. Tubbs gestured for Jim Bob to take one of the seats, and he gently lowered himself into the other, turning towards Jim Bob. I know two things at this point, Jim Bob. First, y'all are still in shock over your house fire, and you badly want to go there and look it over. There's time for that later, but your family needs you now more than you need to assess the damage. Secondly, you have lots of questions that I'm glad to answer later once y'all are settled in, fed, and rested. Thomas is the caretaker here on the plantation, and not the owner. No, I am not the owner, but the steward. Hold your questions till later, and I'll patiently and completely answer them. Let me show you your room. As they descended the stairs, the chatter and laughter of the Owens children floated down from above. Jim Bob's brow furrowed and his lips pursed. He knew it was nervous laughter, but expected better. Tubbs was quick to recognize the fatherly face. They are chattering and laughing out of shock and nervous energy. Let them have their heads for a little while. They aren't disturbing anyone, and this will help them relax. Jim Bob relaxed his brows, stopped, and turned to Tubbs. Is there a basement in this place, maybe? Excellent question that is easy to answer. Yes, there is a full basement, and it is finished. You might call it a mother-in-law suite, although it is large for a suite. Maybe it's more like an apartment. My wife Annie and I live there. I'll give you a tour and introduce you to Annie after you settle in. Have a shower, relax, and then come down for a late lunch. Tubbs escorted him up to a large door to the left of the staircase. See you shortly. 
and with that, Tubbs descended the staircase and disappeared. Jim Bob softly knocked on the door and nervously announced, Mary Alice, it's me coming in. He turned the ornate brass eagle's claw doorknob and the door glided silently open. Jim Bob slid into the opening and closed the door behind him with a whoosh. He stood frozen and stunned.